Hi, this is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. Craig Barnes tells a story about the time that his father brought home a 12-year-old boy named Roger whose parents had died from a drug overdose. There was nobody else to care for Roger. Roger had no family. There was no one who could take him in and care for him. So Craig's mom and dad, who were followers of Jesus, brought Roger into their home and adopted him and raised him like one of their own sons. At first it was pretty difficult for Roger to adjust to this new environment. He he, he just wasn't used to all the love and affection and care and tenderness uh, in a family. Craig said every day, several times a day, he could hear his parents saying things to Roger like, Roger, uh, that's not how we behave in our family. R- Roger, uh, you can't kick and scream and fight and punch just to get your own way in this family. Roger, You can't disrespect people in our family. Our family is a family built on love. And in time, Roger started to change. You could slowly but surely, he was starting to respond to the unconditional love in his adopted family. You could see the difference slowly over time. Now, question for you. I know you haven't met Roger or Craig or his family, but did Roger have to make all those changes in order to become a part of the family? No, of course not. He was adopted. He was chosen by his adoptive parents. There was nothing that he did to become adopted. He just was adopted. That's kind of what happens when we're adopted by God the Father as sons and daughters of our Father in heaven. Galatians 4, the passage that that was read. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son to redeem those who were under the law, to bring them into His family, so that they might receive adoption as sons. We've been talking about all these God words in this series. In regeneration, we discovered God sovereignly imparts new life to us. In conversion, we repent of our sins and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God. In justification, God declares all of our sins forgiven, and the righteousness of Christ is ours by faith, instantaneously, once for all. But in adoption... There's something, it's just, it's it's a truth on on a totally different level. In adoption, God actually makes us members of His family. It's, It's so intensely personal. Therefore, the biblical teaching on adoption focuses so much more on the personal relationships that we have with God and with His people. Adoption is about relationship. Adoption is about family. Adoption is about connection between us and God the Father and God's people. 
It's, it's personal, it's, it's intimate, and it's incredibly and wonderfully warm. Just gives you that kind of warm feeling inside to know that you're loved by the Father, adopted by Him. <laughs> yeah. One author defines adoption as the, the gracious act of God whereby He makes us members of His family. Adoption. Did you say that today was International Orphan Sunday? I didn't know that coming into, the, into today, and Pastor Phil reminded me that it's Orphan Sunday today. So I once was an orphan, but now I'm adopted. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Thank you, Jesus. John mentions adoption at the beginning of his gospel read by the sweet little girl in the devotions, the class devotions. John chapter 1, verse 12. But to all who did receive him, Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And by contrast, those who do not receive the Son of God, those who do not believe in the Son of God, are not adopted. They're not adopted into His family. Not everybody is automatically adopted into the family of God. Only those who receive Him, who believe in His name, then He gives them the right to become children of God. Otherwise, we remain sons of disobedience and children of wrath, according to Ephesians chapter 2. And those are harsh words. But they're, they're God's words. They're Bible words. They're not not my words. The New Testament letters repeatedly tell us that we are now children of God in a special way, in a unique sense. Say, well, we're we're all children of God. Well, yes, in in a general sense of the term, everyone has been created by God and Everyone, every living person has the image of God stamped on their souls. But those who believe in Jesus, those who trust in Jesus, those who receive Christ uh, by believing in His name are children of God in a special sense uh, of the word. If you've repented of your sins and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're no longer a slave. You're a member of God's family. Let's have a look at Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 14. Uh, It says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. Wow. Dr. Bill Bright, who was president of Campus Crusade for Christ for many years, tells a story about a a very famous oil patch called Yates Pool. It was a large reserve of oil in West Texas. During the depression of the 1930s, this field was a a sheep ranch that was owned by a a man named Yates. Mr. Yates wasn't able to make enough money off his ranching operation to pay the 
principal and interest on his mortgage, so he was in, in danger of losing his land, like so many other people in the 1930s, the dirty 30s. With little money for food and clothes, his family, like many others, had to live on government subsidy. Day after day, he would graze his sheep over those rolling West Texas hills and worry, worry about his ability to provide for his family and and pay the bills. And then one day, a seismic crew from an oil company uh, came into the area and they said to him, there might be oil on your land. And they talked to him about the possibility of drilling a wildcat well, and so he signed a lease contract for that purpose. At just over 1,000 feet, they struck a huge oil reserve, 80,000 barrels a day out of that one well. And then they started drilling other wells uh, that produced uh, twice as many barrels of oil per day. 30 years later, one of the oil wells on Yates Pool was still producing 125,000 barrels of oil a day. And you know what? Mr. Yates owned it all. Because when he bought this property years before, he also bought the oil and the mineral rights that went along with it. Now, I think in Canada, you can't do that. But in in the United States of America, you can. And he did. He owned it all. So here's this guy. Uh, He purchased the land, received the oil and mineral rights, and yet he's living on relief. He's living on government subsidy. He's living in poverty even though he's a millionaire. Why? Because he didn't know what he had. He just didn't know what he had. Too many Christians living in spiritual poverty. Rich beyond compare. But we have no idea what we've got. So we're going to try and speak into that this morning, and I want to talk to you a little bit about the privileges that we have as sons and daughters of the Most High God. These people just don't get it. Just like poor Mr. Yates didn't understand the privileges of being adopted by God. He was entitled to all the gifts of sonship. Ownership. Like we're entitled to all the privileges of sonship. When a person hears the gospel and repents of their sins, and believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, they are converted. They're justified, but also they are adopted. Immediately they become members of God's family. And you see, that's one of the reasons why when we talk about Christianity, we we often say, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. Because of this aspect of adoption, it's all about family, it's all about relationship. In the same moment, in the same moment that we believe in Christ, we receive the spirit of adoption as children of God, and we get to address God as Father. One of the first privileges that we have is calling God our Father. Abba, Father, is, is one of the most intimate terms in all of Scripture. The Aramaic word Abba, is, is a term of endearment. It's one of those, those tender, tender words that we find in Scripture. Today we might use the term daddy. 
Uh, my wife grew up calling her father daddy. I did not. I grew up, I, I didn't call my dad anything but dad. Well, no, there were a few times I called him other things, but mostly I called him dad. Dad. And so to me, to my ears, calling, you know, an adult daughter, calling her dad, daddy, just seems so childish, you know, immature. And I was dumb enough to share that perspective with my wife. Uh, she, was, she was not impressed. And then something happened that changed all of that. We had our own children. And when your son or your daughter comes to you and says, Daddy, everything changes. Isn't it? Isn't it right, Gord? It's just something shifts in your spirit, shifts in your heart, right, David? Just daddy. Now, as a grandpa, as, grandpa, grandpa, what do you want, honey? All my money is yours. All my time is yours. It's all yours. You can have whatever you want. Because we have received the spirit of adoption by the grace of God. We get to call him Daddy. (laughs) There's nothing more intimate in all of Scripture than this moment where we can say, Father, Daddy, I'm coming. I need you again. And certainly it's true that God is our creator and he's our judge, he's our Lord, our master, our king, Alpha and Omega. He's the ancient of days. He is all of those things, but the most intimate role he holds is that of father. Our Abba, Daddy Father. We also have the privilege as adopted children of God of having Jesus as our brother. If God is our Father and Jesus is His Son, that makes Jesus our brother, our older brother. Jesus calls us His brothers and sisters. Just have a look at Hebrews chapter 2, beginning at verse 10. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation, Jesus, perfect through what He suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy, are of the same family. We're in the same family that Jesus is in. He's an older brother. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. You've got to be kidding me. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and my sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. Whoo! Wow! So in one sense, Jesus is our older brother, right? The Bible says so. But nevertheless, he's careful to make a distinction between the way in which God is our heavenly father and the way in which God is his heavenly father. There's a distinction. 
I assure you. For example, he says to, uh, to Mary Magdalene in John chapter 20, verse 17, he says, Don't cling to me, Mary, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but you go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Why didn't he just say ours? Because there's a distinction in the relationship between God the Father and Jesus the Son uh, to, to the relationship that God our Father has with us. We are brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ, yes, but there is a clear distinction between the far greater and eternal sense in which God the Father is His Father and God the Father is our Father. Does that make sense? Good. Nevertheless, we, we are adopted children of God and Jesus is our brother. Furthermore, we enjoy the privilege of being deeply, deeply loved by the Father. Oh, see what great love the Father has lavished on us? That we should be called children of God? Can you imagine that? But that is what we are. That's the, that's the exuberance, the, the passion, I think, with which John writes. Oh, the great love. It's not just love, it's great love. He's an extreme God. He doesn't just love us. He, he has a great love for us. And he doesn't just portion it out a little bit here and a little bit there according to our performance. Oh, you ate your supper? Good boy. Here you go. I love you. You took the garbage out? Good boy. I love you. He lavishes his love upon us. So much so that it's incomprehensible. So the portion of love with which he loves us cannot be described as sparse or stingy or scarce or small. It's a lavish, lavish, lavish portion of love. It's generous, it's bountiful, it's plentiful, it's excessive, it's exuberant. Oh, what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that's what we are. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thanks be to God. And what child does not cherish the privilege of being known by their father? I felt growing up that I didn't have that experience because my father was hardly ever around. And then our family split up permanently when I was very young. And so I, I feel like my father didn't know me, my earthly father. So this aspect of adoption means so much to me. My father in heaven knows me. He knows everything about me. Psalm 1.6 tells us the Lord knows the way of the righteous. He knows. Psalm 37 tells us the Lord knows the days of the blameless. Psalm 44 tells us He knows the secrets of the hearts. Psalm 94.11 tells us the Lord knows the thoughts of man. That's a little scary. Psalm 103 tells me that He knows my frame. He remembers that I am just made of dust. And all of that comes from just one book of the Bible. <laughs> that's, just, that's just a few psalms. You know, we got whole Genesis to Revelation. 66 books in which God affirms that He knows us. He knows us from the inside out. He knows you're going out. He knows you're coming in. He knows you're lying down. He knows you're rising up. He knows where you've been. He knows where you're going. He knows what you're going through and how you're going to get through it. He knows all of that, and He loves you, and He cares about you. 
Max Lucado was fond of saying, you know, if God had a fridge, a refrigerator, your picture would, would be on it with a magnet. He, he loves you. He's crazy about you. He cares about you. And every child of God wants to be known like that by God the Father. And you can be assured that He does. So, because we're adopted by God, we have the privilege of calling God Daddy. The privilege of having Jesus as our brother. The privilege of being loved deeply. The privilege of being known profoundly by God. And also the privilege of being led by the Holy Spirit. That's all part of adoption. It comes with it. Lock, stock, and barrel. Romans 8.14 For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And all who are sons of God are being led by the Spirit of God. <laughs> it's just, it goes with the territory. Mineral rights and oil rights went with the deed. This comes with adoption. Right here. And then we have the privilege of being disciplined by a loving, all-knowing Father. Don't we all enjoy being disciplined? <laughs> How many of you have kids who just love to be disciplined? Oh, Daddy, please discipline me, would you? I need it. I know I need it. I know I'm, I'm not a good boy, and I just need your discipline. You take that kid to the psychologist, I think. There's something wrong with you. You just wait, Johnny, until your father comes home. You're going to have the privilege of being disciplined by him. Yeah, we don't always think of it as a privilege, but let's have a look at Hebrews 12, because it really is a privilege of adoption to be disciplined by the Heavenly Father. Verse 5 says, And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when He rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one He loves, and He chastens everyone He accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as His children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? You know, it's, it's, it's almost as if the, the writer can't even fathom a life with God that doesn't include discipline. It's like, of course we get disciplined by the Father. We're His children. What, what father doesn't discipline his children? Just as your children and my children grow in obedience and righteousness because of the discipline that we bring to bear upon their lives, so we, as children of God, grow in holiness and righteousness as we are disciplined by our Father. The similarities are profound. And then related to the fatherly discipline of God is the fact that as children of God and joint heirs with Jesus, we also have the privilege of sharing in His sufferings and in His glory. Yes, God gives us the privilege of walking with Jesus. And walking with Jesus also includes I mean, you've got to take the bad with the good. <laughs> Discipline comes as part of the package. And suffering 
often is part of the package. There are so many privileges attached to abiding in Christ, so much joy and hope and peace, so, so, much, so much honor, so many benefits that are associated with walking with Jesus and abiding in Christ, but there's also the privilege of entering into His suffering. Enduring sufferings in this life so that we might receive His glory in the future. Let's have a look again at Romans 8, verses 16 and 17. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. Okay, so that's part of it. That's part of adoption. Didn't know that the day I signed up, but I'm good with it. Are you? So the day that, the day that Mr. Yates purchased his land, he also got the mineral rights and oil rights that went along with it. But he was living on subsidy, living on welfare, social assistance, because he had no idea what privileges came along with the deed to his property. A lot of Christians live in spiritual poverty because they have no idea and no sense of appreciation for all the privileges that are ours as adopted children of God. But now you can't say that because on November 13, 2016, Your pastor done schooled you on what it means to be adopted as children of God, right? So you can't say you didn't know. You can't say you didn't know anymore. You've been done schooled. So smarten up. If you've trusted in Jesus, you are richer than you think. You've been given all of the privileges of sonship. And this inheritance that Scripture talks about, the inheritance that is ours by faith in Jesus Christ, contains all of that and more. You have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Hallelujah, let's push the chairs to the side and have a little dance of celebration. You're no longer a slave to sin. No longer a slave to fear. Praise God. So yes, there are many rights and freedoms that come along with this deed that we've been given as children of God. A certificate of adoption is ours through faith in Jesus Christ. But you know very well that every family has responsibilities too, right? Christian, you've got responsibilities in your family. Take out the garbage, clean up your room, don't leave your smelly socks on the floor. Everybody's got responsibilities in a family. That's just the way it works, and our church family is no different. One of those responsibilities, of course, is financial. So as you prepare for the offering this morning, 
Do so with a heart of thanksgiving and just saying, well, this is one of the, this is also a privilege. It might be a responsibility to give, to support the work of my family and the life blood of my family, but it's also, it's a privilege and a responsibility. We have a responsibility to love, to love God and to love others. We have a responsibility to grow in our faith and our walk with God. We have a responsibility to serve with our gifts and our time and our energy, but we also have a responsibility in this family to multiply and to, 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 to supply financial means by which we can multiply disciples and multiply churches and, and, and multiply the number of missionaries that we support. And uh, so right now we're going to give you another opportunity to do that. We'll ask our ushers if they will come, and I would like to lead us in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so encouraged this morning, encouraged by your Spirit. Uh, You seek us faithfully, and you love us passionately, and you speak to us so graciously. And Lord, we want to thank you for always addressing us as your beloved daughters and sons, and for, for always wanting to satisfy us with daily mercy and fresh grace. Thank you. Thank you for that. Lord, you've adopted us as your children, and we are... Uh, we're forever grateful for that. We are spiritual billionaires by grace. And Lord, we just declare again today that we are no longer slaves to fear. We announce to the seen and to the unseen worlds here today that we are the children of God and we've been adopted into the family of our Abba Father By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, amen.